Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Not a pretty day on the screen. I mean, when you look at the numbers and the negativity we saw in the grain complex, but then a little bit of a mixed trade happening on the livestock side. A lot of factors kind of got their fingers in the pot, and we're going to talk more about that today during the Fontenelle Final Bell, including a tough day that we had in the grains but huge news this week not only here in the u.s but globally and what are all these outside market influences going to affect the way we're seeing our markets trade and then the input cost worries that are being added to that so as we look at all this we're going to invite darren fessler in he is with lakefront futures and let's start out grain numbers not too pretty on the screen but you know we've had so many days of hires it's got to come down once in a while well, yes, and it did, and I, and I kind of hit on this a little bit in my, my weekly commentary to subscribers is that you know, when you have these markets that have gone up like they have, you know, in particular beans, you're going to have weeks or days in this type of volatile environment where you're going to have big sell-offs. Now, granted, I, I said in the commentary this last weekend where you don't be surprised we come in here, beans are down a dollar, dollar fifty in a week. Now, that doesn't mean it's bearish. It just means the market is healthy, the market is correcting, there's profit taking going on. Usually what those breaks mean is there may be some new buyers coming in here, especially if the longer-term fundamental story is still there, which I, I believe it's there. But are we entering a, in a near-term period here where the market's going to see pressure because of South America uh, harvest, especially in Brazil, is starting to come online? Now, it's slowly coming online. But that's due to the slow planting pace they were on this fall here. So as we go forward over the next few weeks, we're going to see a lot more beans come online from Brazil. Does that add further pressure on this market given the rally we've had? Now, I'm certainly in the camp. Brazil is going to export a lot of beans moving forward. Is the U.S. though past March? That's the question I have is where – we're entering a period where we're now we're really competing for uh, against Brazil because we don't have much supply here. Um, we know that the USDA did raise the export projections, but how much more are we going to export in that March, you know, April timeframe on if Brazil has a fairly decent uh, January weather-wise and early parts of February? Because right now Brazil is looking like they're going to have a fairly decent crop, and that's going to be who we're going to compete with uh, in the months ahead here. You look at that competition. I mean, this is something, Darren, that we deal with every single year, but this year the feel is a lot different, I think, maybe because we've had so much more pressure on our export numbers and in some bigger numbers already. It, it, it has been. It? I mean, it's been, uh, I think, 20. Last year, 2020, kind of threw us a lot, a lot of curveballs. We had covid we had no demand. How is that going to turn out? Then all of a sudden we flipped the switch on. China wants everything. And so now we've really – and obviously we ran into some weather issues last fall here in the state. So, but now you've brought that stocks use ratio since the tightest has been since 2013. We theoretically are – we're way under pipeline being. So we really can't have a hiccup too much if we export what the USDA is projecting we export. Um, but – it still comes down to one a relationship currency type of trade for China. I still think China is still wanting Brazilian beans. Now, does China start importing 120, 130 million metric tons in 21? I think that would be a little bit of a stretch. But to say they go back, import another 100 million, maybe 110 million metric tons of beans, 
that's not out of question. That just, just certainly begs the question, though, if we have some weather issues coming in uh, this spring, this summer here, and, and we don't have a, a decent crop, these, these new crop beans for Novi 21 could still be a very, very attractive play here, even at these levels, even though I do think there is a correction coming here near term. So talking of the correction and beyond that, it's you and I were talking about this before we went on the air, that there's just a feel to the way these markets are trading as of late. Does it send you any little trigger warnings or trigger positives in the markets? Well, yeah, it, it certainly does. And if you look at, you know, staying with bean here, uh, the bean spreads, whether it's March, July, July, Novi, they've all been weaker the last few days here now the july novi bean spread started breaking below the 20-day exponential which it's held as support there every single time it's tried to test those levels but now we're below it how does it react tomorrow how does it react thursday that follow-through is going to be really key as to how these uh, especially beans are going to trade here now on the corn side you know, we have some rumors starting to fly out from Ukraine that they may start to limit their corn exports. They had a meeting here January 25th. We'll see how that all turns out. But you have to think that if Ukraine starts to limit exports, if Russia starts you know, increasing some, some taxes on their exports, it seems as though the world is starting to tighten what they ship to the rest of the world. Does the U.S. follow suit here? Does the inflationary trade or the perspective or perception, I should say, of inflation, does that continue to play into the commodities favor here? I personally think the grains, they've had a really good run here. They have a little bit of a setback breather. It's healthy in the overall technical structure and probably the fundamental uh, structure as well. So how do you see that playing into the input costs as we get ready for spring planting 21? Well, just speaking with customers all over the country here, it's I'm not seeing a whole lot of uh, drastic increases in inputs. Um, you know, if you look at what the ERS from the USDA had uh, put out, I mean, they're thinking near $700 expenses in corn and roughly 466 on the on the bean side of things. Uh, I'd be much more concerned over the longer term, say next year or the following year. If we maintain near these levels, you have to assume that these cash rents uh, or crop shares, they're going to want a little bit bigger piece of that pot. We've got a lot more coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We continue our conversation with Darren Fessler. He's with Lakefront Futures. So, talked about this at the very beginning of segment one darren is that you know there's obviously big news this week here in the u.s but there's been a lot of talk big news globally as well how do you see that affecting what we're going to see in the futures this week it it continues on my belief that i originally had for at least the first six months of 21 where uh, regardless of the market grains energies precious metals expect a lot of volatility here um so you know, you've seen some big changes over the weekend. Uh, Angela Merkel of Germany stepping aside. You've seen other prime ministers step aside, governments resigning. So something big, in my opinion, is going on. Just obviously, I don't know what that is yet. How it's going to impact, I think, the overall grain complex is, is one of two things. First being the U.S. dollar. 
the U.S. dollar is in a, a technical pattern, what is called a falling wedge. Now, I've been bullish the U.S. dollar here because of that pattern here. So how does the dollar respond if we start breaking out of that? Now, falling wedge is typically associated with a bullish outbreak, bullish you know, breakout to the upside. We're starting to see that on the weekly charts. The second thing is how does China proceed – Going forward, because you've seen some videos start to filter out here where there's maybe some scarcity going on in China where there's just a shortage of food. And you've seen today where the, you know, the state reserves of wheat started getting auctioned off. Well, they sold 100% of the, what was auctioned to the marketplace, was offered to the marketplace. We've seen the same exact thing happen when China offered that you know, state reserves of corn. Buyers were buying 100% what was ever offered to the market. Now, does the same thing happen with wheat? I think that could be a really uh, big indicator in the wheat market as we go forward, even though we have some of the highest uh, ending stocks of wheat uh, in the world uh, as far as the world uh, ending stocks. So, I mean, they're tremendously high. So it's not like we're running out of wheat. It's just that demand story is there. It's the money flow into commodities, not just grains, all commodities. And if you start taking a look at the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index, we started breaking a 12-and-a-half-year downtrend from 2008. Now, does, do we do start to see a push towards all, or all commodities going forward, and do we see some pullback in the equity market? So I think – in the grand scheme of things, when you look at commodities, grains in particular, do we see some asset allocations back into these over, you know, oversold commodities? I think it could hold very true here so long as the demand from China is there. Are we going to, to see a volatility just in the next you know, 48 hours, considering what's going on, not wanting to get political, but knowing what's happening here in the U.S. tomorrow? I think it's very possible. But I think that volatility could last for a few weeks. Um, again, I think the longer-term volatility is going to be there for at least the first six months. But to see a correction in, in corn, beans, wheat at these levels would not be surprising. And, and granted, that's not to say that this market is bearish. Keep in mind, we are starting to enter a pretty important time period for beans where – like I said, if Brazil has fairly decent weather, there's going to be an influx of roughly 5 billion bushels hit the world market. Given the rally that beans have on, it's not shocking to see a little bit of a setback here. Now, what was interesting in today's trade was on the March contract, we actually closed below 1389. 1389 was a breakout point from earlier this month when we started making new highs and and eventually topped out around 1436. Now, what that really signifies here moving forward is we're going to have to hold that 1389 level in the days ahead, or this market could be set back another 30, 40, or 50 cents. Technically speaking, that's not out of question. But again, that does not mean this market is bearish. It may give us an opportunity to step back in with some long positions. Let's go over to the livestock side quickly. What are your thoughts on this mixed cattle market we saw today? Well, cattle in general, again, on some of the feeder markets, you, again, had a falling wedge pattern. So I was looking for a, a for a breakout there as well. And we've had a really nice bounce off there. I do think, you know, you look at the back month feeders making new contract highs. That's obviously a bullish uh, structure in place here. Fat market in itself, too, continues. It doesn't really want to 
decline too much here. So I do think that there is strength in this cattle market. You got to be careful here, though. You get up to some of these levels, 121, 122. Those are definitely some good hedge levels, I think, on the April fats. But right now, you have to kind of lean a little bit friendly cattle, I think. And what about the hogs? Is the struggle going to be there? Struggled there. We're still at decent levels here. I think that if you're looking for the hog complex, looking, I think that these are levels where you probably want to start hedging at, given that China is rebuilding their herd in a, in a big way. All right. Sounds good. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Darren? They can reach me directly at 402-366-0423. All right, that is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. And just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable for all investors. Pick this up as a podcast at ruralradio.com, wherever you subscribe, and on Spotify as well. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.